0: unlimited data on their network video streams at 480p small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds if you cancel balances due. well-qualified customers full price 720 plus tax finance agreements required netflix for two screens terms apply what's better than this guys being dudes
1: What is up, folks? Welcome to another edition of the Draft Dudes Podcast. I am Kyle Krabs, Director of Scouting and NDT Scouting, uh, FanRagSports.com, NFL Draft Analyst. And I am flying solo on this hump day. And uh, it's good news and bad news. Uh, Joe's got wrapped up in some some meetings and appointments, so I'm uh, flying solo today. The good news is we're going to talk about one of my favorite position groups to talk about. We're going to talk about defensive linemen today on Draft Dudes over at uh, NET Scouting. We've had a chance over the past couple of days to look at uh, Lolo Tulele from Utah, Harold Landry from Boston College, Maurice Hurst from University of Michigan, and... Uh, we're going to profile all of those guys pretty closely. Uh, I'm going to take a couple minutes to uh, talk through those guys. Uh, Tyquan Lewis from Ohio State's, and another name that John Ledyard actually just put up an assessment of uh, yesterday. Uh, so that's going to give us four quality guys to talk about. Uh, both John and I have done assessments on both Landry and Tyquan Lewis. Uh, John also did Maurice Hurst. I've done Lolo O'Toolele. So a number of opinions here to dig into as well. Uh, but before we do, uh, I do need to make a disclaimer, uh, on the draft dudes on Monday. I talked with Joe Marino and said that, uh, you know, it made sense as a budding hockey fan that I would be, uh, getting on board with the Las Vegas golden Knights. And, uh, kind of birthing my hockey fandom in unison with the franchise as they uh, get started as the first professional team in Las Vegas. Uh, I'm rescinding that comment. Uh, Last night, they did the jersey unveil uh, for the Las Vegas Golden Knights, and it looks like some generic uh, create-a-team template that you would find on a video game. And uh, I am uh, a very aesthetic-oriented person. Uh, I like to... You gotta look good to play good. It's one of the sayings. That's why uh, I do have a lot of stuff with NDT Scouting logos on it. Uh, When I'm going places, I, I like to... Uh, show off the flair. It's bright colors. Uh, you know, this is a guy that you guys have to remember is talking about potentially wearing a male romper at some point in his life. Uh, I wear chubby shorts. The uh, the very short inseamed shorts show off my, my quads. Uh, so the idea of a create a jersey, uh, very generic, bland, boring look for me... Uh, that's not moving the needle, so i'm putting myself back onto free agency in trying to find an n h l hockey team uh, the only ones that are off the table and again i'm going to tap into you guys, help me find a team. I saw somebody reference the Red wings uh last night on Twitter trying to nudge me that way. It's the first feedback I've gotten. The only teams that are off the table are the Buffalo Sabres, because Joe Marino's a fan, and I can't get on board with him as a uh, self-loathing fan of all professional sports. Uh, And the two uh, Pennsylvania teams, both the Pittsburgh Penguins and Philadelphia Flyers, just because uh, I can't jump on with the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion, and my experience with flyers fans growing up in the greater Philadelphia area has been a lot of obnoxious flyers fans, so I admire the passion, but it's not uh they've they've been soured on me, so I can't bring myself to do that, so please help me out, talk me up into siding with you. I know we have at least somebody else. I think Luke Donaldson on Twitter last night said that uh, he doesn't have a team either, so we may be getting a universal dudes franchise for for dudes looking for a hockey team. So help us find who that franchise is. Talk us up and get excited for uh, your franchise. In kind of checking the boxes with other leagues around uh, uh, the country, uh, really excited for tomorrow's NBA draft as the my Philadelphia 76ers uh, have the first, first overall pick. We're going to select Markwell Fultz out of University of Washington, uh, finally a shooter. Now from here, all we need to do is sign J.J. Redick to a big money contract, short-term, mind you, two years, get him off the books here in a couple years, um, and, and we can flesh out a respectable starting lineup, hopefully can t- compete for a six or seven seed in the lousy uh, Easter Conference so uh, that's that's where my head's at right now. We're talking hockey and basketball. Both those leagues just wrapped up. Um, so let's talk about some football. Yeah, you know, I just uh, to, a little later today, I'm going to be talking about Ndama sue uh, and why he is one of the most physically powerful and overwhelming uh, defensive players in the league today. Um, in Putting together that film study piece last night, Uh, first of all, I had my first taste of NFL Game Pass, and oh my goodness, you guys were not kidding. Uh, That user interface is horrendous. So I'm hoping, that I know they just did a big overhaul of the Game Pass, Uh, I'm hoping they work out the kinks, because that was pulling teeth trying to watch players and I I know they used to have a search engine and they took the search engine off and and searching for specific players. So that's a shame, but uh, nonetheless studying Sue really set the table and the mood for me uh, to discuss these defensive linemen today, because he's just such a tremendous blend of skills, Uh, his power and his, his tenacity uh, really sets him apart. And in writing that article, I actually found out, uh, he's played 85% of the snaps for the Miami dolphins over the past two years, since he signed that six year, $114 million contract. Uh, that is an astronomical number of snaps. The only interior defensive lineman that I could find, uh, the challenge that was DeForest Buckner last year, uh, And there was just a story that came out uh, from him. He said the first time he asked for a blow and came off onto the sideline, they didn't send anybody in for him. So it was the last time he did it. He played like 80% of the snaps in his rookie season with the 49ers. And J.J. Watt, J.J. Watt, when healthy, has played something ridiculous like, uh, I think it's like 94 Percent of the the Texans defensive snaps Watts on the field, uh, so he is just in he's in a class of his own as far as uh, being able to stay on the field. But names like Aaron Donald and um, Marcel Darius and. Um, Geno Atkins and Fletcher Cox, all these guys, they're in the high 70s. And Sue, over the past two years, uh, in 2015 he played an 86%, in 2016 he played an 84%. Uh, just ridiculous number of snaps. And for him to play as well as he does and be as physically dominating as he is, playing that amount of volume, uh, it's a real treat. And it's a shame because uh, the, the sack totals are quote-unquote down. Right, he has had uh, six and five over the last two years, but he had eight and a half before he left Detroit. Uh, so everybody's getting down on him for quote unquote lower production. His tackles, solo tackles, are actually up. Uh, he's producing at a, a a respectable rate as far as uh, pass rush finishes. Um, but he he's just a joy to watch on film because he's mean. You know, he's kind of walked that line between um, you know, being through the whistle and beyond the whistle. Uh, but when you watch Sue, it's just very apparent that uh, he's one of those guys that understands he's stronger than everybody else and he plays with that that uh, unbridled just just fierceness to his game where he puts throws guys around for 60 minutes or however long the defensive unit's on the field, he is throwing bodies around the entire time. He imposes his will on people. And at the NFL level, against guys that are 300-plus pounds in the trenches, for him to be tossing uh, offensive guards aside like ragdolls, it's, it was just an absolute joy. So it's really got me in the mood uh, to talk about some defensive linemen. So with that in mind, I'm going to start with Lowell Lotulele, an interior defensive lineman. Tuleley is the brother of Star, uh, the standout defensive tackle from the Carolina Panthers, former first-round pick. Uh, Lowell is not quite to that level as a prospect, at least entering his senior season. Now, with that said, um, this guy dominates the line scrimmage. Uh, he will eat up blocks very effectively. Every once in a while, he'll get caught. Uh, With his pads up high, he'll get uprooted and give up some space along the line of scrimmage. But by and large, uh, if you engage him and he's able to get his hands set on you and you're trying to drive block him off the ball, you're not moving him. And he's very effective in those situations once he's established a block uh, to process the block and proceed to shed off of that block and find the football. Um, he's not a dynamic first step kind of guy. Uh, he's much more effective as a run defender, but he does have some gap penetration skills, just because he's so big and strong and squatty. Uh, and he's listed three twenty, and uh, that's it, difficult to uproot if you're you're impacting him with lateral pressure, you're trying to push against his shoulder pads when you're hip-to-hip with him, you're not going to have a lot of success staving him off that way. So if he gets a hard upfield shoot into a gap and um, he's able to catch a protection scheme that might be slanting or something like that, he can certainly roll momentum into backfield penetration. Uh, But this is somebody that, for me... Uh, low, probably would have been a top 50 or 60 player last year. If he came out, he's not necessarily a quote unquote, sexy defensive lineman, uh, but his abilities to hold the ground, hold ground at the uh, point of attack. Look at Dalvin Tomlinson to the New York giants this year, uh, went in the second round, mid second round pick and, uh, not necessarily somebody that has high amounts of pass rush productivity. Look at Jordan Phillips for the Miami dolphins a couple years ago, uh, went in the second round as well. Um, These kinds of players have a market, these big bodied uh, point of attack defenders that have enough juice uh, to be able uh, to rush and get into the backfield. And uh, Lowell entering his final year, uh, I think if he stays healthy, I think this is somebody that's going to be in conversation as a potential second round draft selection. Um, I like him. I don't love him. I am a little worried about, he, he doesn't seem to have great amounts of length, but, uh, as a point of attack style defender, a guy that can eat up blocks, uh, that's certainly where he's going to win. Uh, Switching over to Maurice Hurst, Uh, this is somebody that I know Roger Dixon was a really big fan of. Roger spoke very highly of Hurst uh, because Roger was on the Florida Gators team that played the University of Michigan in the bowl game, uh, not last year, but the year before that. Uh, So Roger's very familiar with Hurst. Uh, John took the time uh, to do his assessment. This is a player with 33 games played, but only four starts, so he was... Uh, very well regarded as a recruit a four-star recruit uh turned down a lot of other offers including Ohio State to go to the University of Michigan uh he has 19 tackles for loss over the course of his career to this point so nice production for a guy um that's been depth to this point in his career um John compares him to Mike Daniels from Green Bay, and I actually really like that from what I have seen of Hurst. I think that uh, that's a pretty accurate projection to his ceiling. Uh, John, and you can read this if you're an NDT Premium subscriber over at NDTScouting.com, actually projected Hurst as a potential first or second round range as a player if all the things stay the same entering his final season uh i will read this this final player summary here uh a big role should be what's in store for Hearst this season. Uh, Is his pass rushing? He has all the talent to be a dominant force for Michigan's defense. There are elements of his game that need work, both mentally and technically. And again, this is a player with only four career starts. But there's little reason to believe those aspects won't come along in time. Given Hurst's motor excellence in the classroom and NFL bloodlines, there will be plenty of reasons for coaches to be excited about the intangibles that he brings to the table, as well as the tantalizing on-field tools. So he's much more of a high ceiling guy. He does have more burst uh, and penetration ability than what we just talked about with Lolo Tulele. So, uh, somebody I'm looking forward to seeing getting, uh, unhinged. Uh, he was stuck behind, uh, Ryan Glasgow and Chris Wormley and, uh, uh, Godin, I believe was the other defensive tackle from Michigan and, uh. Hurst is a lot more dynamic than both of those two interior guys. So uh, I think this will be a great opportunity for him. And he was huge in the bowl game against Florida State. I think this is a great opportunity for him to really showcase his talents this year coming up. Switching, staying in the Big Ten, but switching to defensive ends. We got uh, two defensive ends yet to talk about. I want to talk about Tyquan Lewis uh, from Ohio State. Uh, John's not quite as high on Lewis as I am, I think Lewis is a solid day two projection, probably late second round, early third round. As of right now, again, all these projections are looking at last year's tape. What did he show? What traits does he have? Uh, there's a lot of football left to be played, uh, but these impressions that we are able to, uh, establish as expectations for these players are very important. And, uh, John's a little lower than that. Uh, For me, Lewis is a base end. He's not especially dynamic as a pass rusher. Uh, He's got some nice power rushes. He's got a great motor. Uh, He can turn the corner in tight spaces, but he can't rush the Edge track, especially well. He just doesn't have that initial get off and that tilt ability to drop that inside shoulder and really flatten like the next guy that we're going to talk about, Harold Landry. Uh, so they're very different players, both Landry and Lewis. Uh, Lewis, I think, has a very defined role: uh, base four-three defensive end. You can play him in pass rush situations. I wouldn't be—he's not somebody I would consider kicking inside necessarily, uh, but he's a smash mouth player. He's a player that has heavy hands. Um, he's able to reset the line of scrimmage consistently. He's got a good nose for finding the ball in those situations once he's set the edge. Uh, so that's where he wins. Uh, again, I I also recognize that there's some limitations, as does John, with his, his pass rush prowess. Uh, but John's uh, he, uh, uh, very much an aficionado for... Uh, Bendy Tilty guys, much like John Owning of FanRag Sports, uh, who Joe just got done describing. Uh, Harold Landry is one of his guys, and uh, Joe is not wrong. Uh, Harold Landry is going to be a John Owning guy. Um, So Lewis, uh, more base, run defending, and it'll be interesting to see how Ohio State continues to rotate these guys because they've got Hubbard and Bosa there as well. They've got three really really good defensive ends uh, that all have flashed significantly in my watchings of Ohio State over the course of the past year. So uh, somebody that uh, is going to have his reps limited a little bit and it might actually cost him the chance to showcase some of his pass rushing prowess. Uh, Somebody who will not have that problem is Harold Landry. Uh, Landry to me is a player that's built very much in the same mold as what we saw from Vic Beasley when playing at Clemson. And I say when playing at Clemson, because that's important here, guys. Uh, First of all, Tony Pauline over at draftanalyst.com had some musings and was talking to several scouts and said, Despite the dreary senior outlook, I've been told several scouts rate Harold Landry at Boston College as the top prospect from the senior class and have handed him a stratospheric grade not equaled in more than a decade. Whoa. Okay, let's pump the brakes before I get too deep into this Harold landry Vic Beasley uh, parallel here. That's heavy duty praise, considering we were talking about pass rushers like Jadamion Clowney and Miles Garrett, and um, obviously J.J. Watt, somebody that wasn't especially uh, considered as a top, top, like blue chip NFL All-Pro style player uh, during the draft assessment when he was coming out of Wisconsin, but he's been in the past decade as well. Um, High praise, very high praise, and I like Landry, Landry, somebody I gave a probably a, a mid to late first round range of where I'm expecting him to be drafted after watching some of his tape, and uh, this is where I give the tip of the hat to the folks over at Crossover, uh, utilizing their uh, their film filters. I was actually able to just filter all of Harold Landry's pass rushes on third down and uh, more than seven yards. So all of his third down and long pass rushes over the course of the year, I think there was like. 50 or 60 of them, and I just watched him loop, 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 and then I can start getting more specific into, okay, what does he do in these game situations? Let me just watch two games straight through and see what he has to offer. Um, in doing it that way, I've got a really good taste on where he wins, which is as a pass rush around the outside. Um, he's listed at 6, 3 250. No. <laughs> uh like I said I like Harold a lot I think he's a first-round player I would be shocked if he was over 240 right now uh I saw a blurb from the Clemson game he's standing next to Deshaun Watson on the sideline who had to bulk up to 222 and they look very similar throughout the frame Uh, Landry does carry a little bit more upper body thickness and in his arms and shoulders um but no, I'm not, I'm not buying for a second that he's walking around 250 right now. Uh, much like Vic Beasley. You now, that's kind of the first parallel to draw between the two. Vic Beasley uh, checked in at the combine at 246 and stunned everybody at 6'3, 246, and then went on to have one of the most dominating combine performances that we've seen in a long time. He's right up there with Miles Garrett in terms of uh, the force outputs and explosiveness output. This is a guy at 246 that ran 4'5'3 with a one five nine ten 10 yard split. 35 bench press reps for somebody who had a narrative of being a smaller player, Uh, a broad jump, almost at 11 feet, a vert over 40 inches at 41, Uh, a short uh, three cone shuttle under seven seconds. Uh, Just a mind numbingly good combine for Vic Beasley. And, uh, that's, that's what helped him, land in the top 10 when the Falcons picked him in the top 10. Uh, Beasley, for me, he was my second-rated edge rusher that year behind Bud Dupree. He was my 19th overall player on the board. Um, And much like Beasley, I think Landry's probably going to face something of a transition year, his first year in the NFL, unless he really is aggressive with how he approaches this 2017 season in terms of functional strength. Uh, Beasley had to take a year to kind of get acclimated to playing off of bodies and playing off of contact with more consistency. He always played around bodies at Clemson. He was a penetration-style player. And that's great. Harold Landry is the same way. Both of these guys currently average over one tackle for loss per game in their career. It's it's great production. Uh, the sack totals are great. He led college football in sacks last year. Um, he's making plays in the backfield, even in the running game. But he's not playing at the point of attack, not playing off of bodies. And that transition is very significant and some for somebody like Landry who I think is leaner he's not the most lengthy guy uh, he's going to have to adjust to that so I'm not buying this generational talent stuff for Harold Landry I think he's a great football player he's a tremendous boundary pass rusher Uh, but if you're telling me that this is the best pass rusher to come through the NFL draft process over the course of the past 10 years Well, let's see how 2017 goes, but if I'm basing off of 2016, which is what I'm assuming these scouts are doing, uh, I don't see that. I I think he's a very good player, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing him this year and see if he does kind of take a tempered approach and try and add to kind of, quote-unquote, fill out his resume as a player. Uh, But that is going to do it for for me, not us, me on the Draft Dudes here today, I would like to thank you guys for taking the time to listen. I would highly encourage you guys, if you like the show uh, with just me or with Joe, uh, I guess either way, um, please feel free to give us a review on iTunes. Uh, Let us know what you think of the show, of the content. We're trying to bring you guys consistent Year-round content. We're almost halfway through this summer break, uh, after the draft, before training camp start, uh, So bear with us. We're getting close. We're at the end of June, believe it or not, three weeks into June already. So uh, in just nine or ten weeks, uh, we're going to have college football. So it's it's up there on the horizon. We're getting there. Uh, if you would like to follow along with the work that we are doing, you can swing over to ndtscouting.com, check it out. You can also swing over to FanRag Sports. Joe and I and John Leiter are doing a ton of great content over at fan rag sports that we are the NDT scouting team that's represented over there. Um, and we're very gracious and, and thankful for the opportunity to do so and take off our scouting hats and, and put on some more analysis hats. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Joe just did uh, who would you rather have as a franchise quarterback going forward, Dak Prescott or da- Derek Carr. Um, I know my answer, but I'm not going to upset uh, the fans of two of the more passionate fan, fan bases in the NFL Uh so go see who Joe said and go get mad at Joe, not me. Uh, I am Kyle Krabs. You can find me on Twitter, at NDTScouting. Joe Marino, my usual co-host, is at the Joe Marino. Over on Twitter, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com, slash NDTScouting. Check us out. Give us a follow. Follow along with us. Thank you guys so much for listening. I am Kyle Krabs signing off. We will be back on Friday with another episode of the Draft
0: Dudes. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile